This spoiler-filled podcast is recorded live, unscripted, and intended for those over 18. Now prepare your ears for the audio stimulation they've been waiting for all day as we step into the spoiler room. And here we are, another episode of The Spoiler Room. I am Mark the Movie Man. Thank you for joining us. And tonight I have a, a special, we have an intimate group of folks. Oh, uh, we yeah. have a new new nice. face to The Spoiler Room and a returning uh, regular. Uh, first, the new face, we have Mr. Chase Lee here in The Spoiler Room tonight. How are you doing tonight, Chase? How's it going, everyone? Uh, this is my first time here, and hopefully Mark does not hate me to a point where he kicks me out and never invites me back again. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> if you ever caught our show, Chase, you know I don't kick anybody out. Everybody is welcome here. And then we have Mr. Andrew Shearer, the stand-in diva of the spoiler room himself. <laughs> how are you tonight, sir? I'm good, man. Yeah, I, I, and uh, I'm a testament to the fact that you never kick people <laughs> So uh, tonight, the reason I gathered these uh, talented gentlemen here is uh, I saw X uh, Machina or Machina, <laughs> however you pronounce it. We're, we're already off to a great start, everyone. We're already already to a great start. Uh, anyway, I saw this independent film this week and heard the buzz about it. Surprised as hell, our theater got it, went to see it, and it kind of blew my mind. And I had to talk about it with someone. And what better? people to talk about it than those who have seen the film. And so tonight, uh, I want to get first just uh, general impressions of this film uh, from you two. Uh, Chase, we'll start with you. Uh, when you saw this, now you had heard the buzz as well, and I'm sure seen the trailer. After the film uh, finished, did it, was it, did it surprise you? I mean, yeah, with all the buzz that was surrounding and everything, I kind of knew I was getting myself into like some good stuff. Um, I gotta be honest though, you know, everyone's like saying it's like the next big thing in terms of AI movies. I liked it a lot, but I don't think it's like this masterpiece that everyone's claiming it to be. Um, sure. I mean, there's, you know, a certain, there's a couple parts of the movie where I was like, eh, not really buying it. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, at the very end with the helicopter, I think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, we can we can spoil it. Yeah, yeah, we, we we'll get there. But uh, so you you enjoyed it, but it wasn't the uh, next best thing to uh, the second coming of AI films. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, but well, let's put it this way: as much as I'm a huge fanboy of Marvel, mm-hmm. this AI movie is way better than Ultron's AI movie. So, I mean, <laughs> that was that was my thought on it as well, uh, definitely. And uh, Andrew, what about you, sir? When you saw it, uh, when you finished seeing it, did it surprise you at all? Yeah, I was really happy with it because you know most of what goes into the big screen, uh, you know, into the multiplexes uh, in the sci-fi genre is actually like a an action movie. You know, mm-hmm. it's very seldom that we'll get to see something like this. Uh, you know, like mass audiences. Will get. I was surprised there were people in there because A24. You know, they don't have like the biggest release pattern for their stuff, and they don't make stuff that is going to give the audience um, the things they're used to seeing, right? Right. So um, I was, uh, yeah, I was really, I was really pleasantly surprised. You remember that movie Moon, uh, Duncan Jones Moon, mm-hmm. uh, where it was just basically one person the whole time. This movie's pretty much three people the whole time, and they're st- stuck in one place. You know what I mean? So to me, that was rad. I just was like, nobody was getting up and leaving. Nobody was sighing, <laughs> going, when, are, when is the aliens gonna show up? When is something gonna explode? You know. What I mean? <laughs> 
very happy with it, yeah. Uh, yeah, there there are no explosions in this film, even though you do have an AI in here. And for those of you not familiar with the movie, uh, basically, according to the IMDb, it's about a young programmer who is selected to participate in a breakthrough experiment in artificial intelligence by evaluating the human qualities of a breathtaking female AI, which is one of the things I want to talk about tonight. But first, uh, I want to talk about... Uh, you know, we've seen this before in the film. In the film, not many, but the old uh, recluse, uh, secluded, crazy uh, scientist guy who's just got this huge breakthrough, and he decides to finally share it with someone, and things go awry. So, I mean, as far as the concept of that goes, I don't think it was original. I think, though, it, this film is original in its execution as far as um, how it handled the material. I mean, we've seen this theme before, but this thing gets heavy really quick, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, they waste no time. It's like we get a little introduction of him typing, and he gets the email. We find out he wins, and we dive right into the main uh, crazy uh, scientist guy who is uh, played by Oscar Isaac, uh, fantastically, I thought. Uh, what did you think about this guy? Did he did he really play that uh, crazy scientist to a T? I think, or that crazy uh, genius. I mean, he wasn't like crazy, but he was. It was more of like right. a like a like he was super calm, but you knew that like he was like the this the word for it a mind fuck. He yeah. is he is trying to like play games with uh, uh, Ava and uh, Caleb at the same time. Like it's. He was like that silent genius that like you just wanted to watch him work because he was stringing these puppets and it was just, it was like a cat and mouse game. It was so cool. I loved his character. He was definitely a um, would you say he's a megalomaniac, Andrew? Or I, I he struck me as being like the next generation or the current generation of uh, you know like internet rich or something like yeah. that. As far as guys, he's you know basically invented something that's kind of like Google. You know, so he was like a the, the post Steve Jobs guy, more like a you know like with the Mark Zuckerberg maybe, I, and, and the audience seemed to really enjoy him. They were really like they were laughing at him and they were sort of relating to him. He was you know he's laid back, but he also has this kind of semi eccentric edge. But he was sort of aware that he was eccentric. You know what I mean? It was very unusual for that kind of character. You know the way that uh, Oscar Isaac played him. He was likable. Um, he was funny. I think at one point he's like, uh, "Who are you gonna call?" And the guy's like, yeah. to, "He's like Ghostbusters." <laughs> yeah. So he's so he's like kind of doing things and saying things that make him more like one of us or the age group that's gonna be watching this movie, rather than some weird old man or you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying or some guy that you can't relate to. He was very human, I thought, and of course you know a raging alcoholic, but yeah. you know more on like perhaps the. Uh, I don't know, maybe not, not quite a junkie, not quite a frat boy. He just mm -hmm. seemed, he just was, he was he was playing against type, I thought. I thought it was an interesting choice for that, that particular role. There was just enough menace to be kind of afraid of what he might do, you know what I'm saying? Like with it, with some of his, uh, uh, his some of his uh, outbursts they would have, you know? He, he had a really bubbly, uh, 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 underneath layer of creepy, but it wasn't like... I don't know if it was a subtle creepy, you could almost call it with him. Like you said, it, you weren't quite sure. I mean, he seemed like a lovable, niceable guy, but at the same time, he almost seemed like at any moment this guy could snap. Yeah, well, there was there was, uh, there was some undertones of The Shining in this. You know, you had the remote yeah. location. 
you know, uh, you know, the shots of the mountains, the music, the white halls, the red carpet. You know, there was there was there was a little there was a little bit of that in in this movie. I felt like, and part most of it though was him. You know, that mm-hmm. whole like you just said could snap at any any moment. He, well, yeah, and then he'd get the whole creepy thing because he he made it a woman, uh, you know, a female, of course. <laughs> and here's a guy in the mountains by himself with a female. Uh, <laughs> you know, that part didn't quite surprise me, though, with the other female that ends up showing up. Did that surprise you at all, Chase, uh, with her turning out to be a robot? I, I kind of suspected that from the beginning. Did you? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was kind of weird because, like, at the beginning, I was like, okay, she, she's just weird foreign chick that doesn't speak any English. <laughs> but what set it off, and I think you'll everyone will agree on this, is when um, Oscar Isaac and her were about to hook up, uh, smash their buttons or whatever, yeah. and then it, it, it kind of cut to uh, Caleb and Ava, like, outside in the woods, and they were about to, you know, kiss whatever. And I was like, you can't just put those two shots back to back like that and not tell me she's not a robot. So, <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, you're basically just telling us, Alex Garland, that she is a robot. Thank you, sir. But someone – um, I found this really interesting. Someone on IMDb pointed this out, and it didn't really click until they said it, that uh, uh, Ava was a robot trying to be human. Mm-hmm. Caleb was a human having more ro- robotic traits. Yep. Uh, and then Oscar Isaac's character was the most human – and then Kinoki or whatever her name was, she was the most pure robot. So I thought that was kind of interesting with all those dynamics uh, kind of go, going at it. I didn't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I could actually see that. Yeah, definitely that he the he was the most human. And, yeah, Caleb def- definitely uh, had kind of robotic uh, features to him as far as, like, how he went about things. He he seemed to show up and was a little bit more business like yeah. this is what we've got to do okay what are we doing here while you know rich eccentric guys like dude lay back here have a drink you know <laughs> work out enjoy the fresh air um, and and also now that you mention that that makes sense because the way Caleb approached the test which is his yeah. whole point of being there was testing her was he's sitting there analyzing her and trying to figure out her AI. And all, you know, Oscar Isaac's character, all he wants to know is, yeah, but how'd she make you feel? Yeah. yeah. No, it, it was great because, like, someone, IMDb is like, listen, everyone that's listening, if you're on IMDb chat boards, you're either a, a troll or you're a genius. I found, <laughs> I, found, I found some of the genius posts, and one of them was, like, um, uh, with the, the, the whole analogy thing I just uh, I just mm-hmm. said is that when, uh, do you guys remember in the movie when she said, uh, how old are you? And it cut back to Caleb, and he kind of gave, like, this confused look, like, as if this was a weird question. And when people pointed that stuff out, I was like, oh, they're right. Like, he's more robotic than she is. Like, it's it's amazing. It kind of, like, blows your mind at that point. Yeah, Yeah. I like it that it's making people think, too. I mean, that's a sign that it's done something right, you know? Like, they didn't just, like – it wasn't just some popcorn thing where they leave the theater an hour later. They've forgotten, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. Well, it, it's a thing. That's what got me, and that's why I wanted to talk to you guys about it because it was one of those films where very few of them, you know, lately have done it. Birdman was one of those as well, where after the film, an hour, two hours afterwards, I was still thinking about all the stuff going on in this film and how, on the surface, 
you know, if people take it just on the surface, okay, you got three people in a house and one of them's a robot type of thing. But if you start to look, just dig a little bit underneath, like you were saying, Chase, you start seeing these representations of things and, and things start to get a little deeper. Uh, one of the things that struck me is the subtle or not so subtle subject of body image hmm. that's addressed in this film. I, I think you guys agree with the scene where she chooses to put the dress on to hide her robotic parts. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, did you guys take that? I took it as kind of, uh, you know, making a statement a little bit. Well, not even that, but later on, too, when she is looking at the naked parts of the failed robots. Um, that, that part is freaky, man. <laughs> that part is so free. Like, you know, for all that we say that we we are, we saw this or that coming or this or that wasn't that big of a shock, we just kind of oh. laid into the atmosphere. That part was so gross. It, it <laughs> made, you know what it made me think of? Remember Alien Resurrection when, when Ripley, whatever number whatever, sees that room of all the failed Ripleys? Yeah. Ah, ah. <laughs> such a nasty... You know, it just makes you... I don't know, man. It just... It, I just want to let just, you guys know that that's like a normal Saturday night for me is to go in my closet and see a bunch of, like, naked robot chicks. <laughs> it, just, it seemed, like, really serial killery. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I no, it was, really, it was really creepy, especially when she was peeling off the skin, like, putting it on herself. It's like, uh, that's someone else's skin, dog. What are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, very, uh, very. I mean, if if you're if you're the kind of person that's looking for stuff in a movie, like subtext or looking to, you know, what I'm saying, there's plenty there that they don't just map out for you. A lot to kind of chew on. Well, that that's what I liked about it was the fact that it was some of it was subtle, some of it not so subtle, but it was just kind of there and let you figure out what was going on with it. I mean. Uh, you know, so you've got the the crazy uh, rich guy who seems the most human. You got Caleb, who's kind of the human robot hybrid, and then you got uh, Ava. And you know what's what I love about the film is her subtle progression as starting out from what seems like a very innocent, naive robot to someone who seemed to have a plan all along. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she she got scary real quick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it but but then if you watch the film if you think about the film from the beginning, actually the it's another one of those where the signs are there that she's actually in control of this whole thing the whole time. I mean, but you don't quite know that when you first watch it, you see her and she's like, "Oh, you know, she's a fresh AI. She's she's brand new." And then by the end of the film, I mean, she's giving Hal a run for his money. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's a very good observation, yes. You, you know, <laughs> she really turned into I mean, but a great character, a great AI character. Like uh, Chase, like you said, this was the character Ultron wish he could be this evil at planning. Well, actually just a little side note. After yeah. seeing Avengers two a second time, I am I'm totally on board with him actually going evil that fast as an AI mm -hmm. for what happens at the beginning of his birth. So just a little side note. I'm actually okay with that. But you're right though. If you had to compare the two, it's like who did the AI movie better? Alex Garland did with you no know, ex ex Machina. It's like it cost like ten dollars to make in some random cabin in the woods. <laughs> that has more compelling uh, elements in Ultron. So well she she just was a little bit deeper character which I know yeah. you don't you know for a movie like Ultron you don't look for too in Well depth, X Machina is not made for 8 year olds either. No, it is. That's true. Are you are you saying I'm an 8 year old? 
I'm just. I mean, I it's okay. It. I, I told I told Mark before you got on. I'm a huge Marvel fanboy. It's okay. I understand. I, mean, <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, but I've. I've you guys not you not see what's in the background here? I have a DC and a Marvel poster. I just that, this is why I don't get laid, guys. This is why my <laughs> life is super just non-existent. Actually, those two posters next to each other in the back, you just short-circuited half the internet. Uh, but, <laughs> but Good. With, that was my whole plan. Goodbye. But uh, Ava. <laughs> I mean, she was planning stuff from the beginning because he mentioned how she was. There were power outages before Caleb showed up. Yeah. So I mean, she was already planning stuff, you know, way beforehand. And so the question is, which is brought up in the film, actually, did she use her sexuality to blind or or coerce Caleb? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. I mean, that's how that's how my dates go. Is like they act like robots and like they completely defer me off the tracks and like that's how it usually goes. I I saw that and I was like, wow, she's using her naked metal body to com- confuse this guy into like tricking him. It's insane. Like she is definitely more human than he is. Crazy. She definitely was. What about you, Andrew? Would you agree that uh, she was actually using sexuality uh, to her advantage in this? Yeah. Uh, what What happened to me when I when I left Ex Machina was I I saw everybody, you know, and this is something I noticed normally that happens after going to move because this is one uh, that I that I went to. Um, you know, like late or whatever. Mm-hmm. So one of the other, one or two of the other people that's in there, they get on their phone like immediately. The credits go; they don't even read the credits to get on the phone. And I just kept thinking, then you know, so my drive home, I'm going like, this movie is about people falling in love with the freaking mobile devices and the computers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This this shit is. I mean, you know, it's art, so you take from it whatever you will or whatever. But right. like, yeah, because I so I thought about Ava. It's just like, uh, you know, uh, how a guy would rather sit there and dick around with his phone than talk to a human being. You know what I mean? It's like, well, can you fall in love with the artificial, you know, technology or whatever, or artificial? It's like, yeah, well, people have. You yeah. Know what I mean, there's like, they can't wait. They're like, oh, phone, it's been two hours since I touched you. <laughs> oh, God. You know? Well, like, I you mean, know, if here. you want to get into some creepy technology porn, just watch her. Yeah, well, that's the guy who falls in love with Siri. I mean, that was, you know, you you have uh, you have all different ways of looking at it, but to me, dude, for real, with Ava, I saw her as, you know, all the other, when they showed all the other uh, the other models, I'm like, there's iPhone 5, iPhone 4, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, no, we got to have the, the new sexy, sleek one or whatever. And, of course, you know, interacting with her is preferable to, you know, would go meet a real woman or man, you know? Nah. Nah. <laughs> nah, the, yeah, and it would... And, with and the then, fact of course, it turns on you when you have to do the update. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're that, screwed. That she does. They don't call them viruses anymore. They call them updates. <laughs> they call them updates. Uh, well, that makes sense, though, because Caleb was a tech guy. He was a geek guy, so... You've got the extra attraction. Not only was she made rather attractive, but uh, you know he's attracted to technology. So yeah, I can see that angle because she's not only a you know a pretty face for him, but also a a technological marvel. So yeah, because like me or you, we'd be like you know you're you're interesting, Ava. But check it out. I'm never putting my you-know-what in your whatever it is because I don't want to get electrocuted and die. Or, you know, I'm I don't uh, full disclosure, I would. <laughs> right, some people. 
I, I could see, you know, there are people who do already and will. So that's that was the way. Uh, that was the way. I mean, there's neat things going on here with the about gender. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, it's, and and like you said about sexuality and all of that. But uh, my that was my takeaway. It was more about our a commentary on that, where we are with our obsession with uh, artificial everything. You know, was there was there a bit of a, a feminist vibe too with Ava? Do you uh, think or no? I, I didn't. I didn't really see that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, any I, comment you got to because it's a it's a kind of an ambiguous character a little bit. You mm-hmm. know. And uh, she obviously is, um, you know, she's not quite, she, like we, you said with the body thing, I thought that was a good observation because she doesn't have quite all of her skin on and all of that stuff. You know, one could say that she's, you know, the, the sort of the, the real gender norms with clothing, with hair, with all that stuff have not yet really applied to her. So right. when he's kind of interacting with her, she does have the voice, she does have kind of the build and the facial features. But beyond that, it's like, well, what about her as female? You know what I mean? And and for her to you know for all the things that go on, I mean, uh, the, the the Bechdel test, Rachel Bechdel test, right? Where it has to oh, be, yes. um, you know, one woman and one another woman at least talking to each other about something that's not a man or a wedding or a baby or something like that or whatever. And and she and uh, Kyoko, right? They but eventually yep. get together, and they 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 mess up. Uh, <laughs> they mess Nathan up. You know, yeah. and uh, they fuck him up real good. Yeah. So if, if if one were to to do some sort of like you know just a blanket uh, analysis based on Bechtel test, that that right there passes to me. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, definitely. And and let's talk, dude, dude. You know, I've watched a lot of horror films. We've here have all watched a lot of brutal films. I will say that that stab yeah. was probably one of the br- most brutal yet just simple effects. Ever because you watch that knife just slowly go into him, and it was like it actually made me cringe. What about you guys? I mean, when she's often Nathan, where or stabbing basically, that stabbing it's not like overly kinetic, but yet that was a rather brutal murder, wasn't it? Yeah, because it, like it slowly went in him, and it happened like three times. Nathan got like the the shittiest end of the stick out of the entire movie because he just like bled to death in his hallway like from oh man you're right because like it wasn't like this it was like oh and the way, the way Ava did it she was like okay here you go and it was like super slow and like you feel like just pierce your flesh and it's like no just stop that. It was really cold and calculating, wasn't it, Andrew? I, you know, I like I like what they were doing with it. I just wish they wouldn't have used CG with that knife, man. I just, oh don't, yeah, you know, what I'm saying, like to me, I see that, and mm. it's so out of place on a movie that was, you know, because the CG on Ava is amazing. Oh, it yeah, seemed like they it. spent all that money on it, and they weren't left with nothing but Roger Rabbit money for the knife. <laughs> and I, you know, I hate to, I hate to dis be the one who disagrees here but like to me that that made that part kind of suck because i was like the knife goes in like a cartoon it mm-hmm. didn't you know it didn't have it didn't have heft it didn't have weight there's a lot you got to do to sell a prop knife you know sure. you got to like you know it has to show force from the from the person and it has to show force being applied on the other person and i feel like that and i feel like there was cg blood too so it could like spread out and all that stuff so they could do as many takes as they want without ruining his white shirt and white hallway <laughs> and stuff but i i can't i i can't when a cg effect is great i buy it but when it is not great it takes me out of what's going on there and that's the only problem i got with with x marketing that 
freaking that knife and that bloody shirt. It just uh, to me looked super super computery and fake. Uh, see, and, and I guess for me, I didn't notice it too much. Maybe it was caught up in the moment. Also, you might have been, but it took you know, me out of it. That's what I guess the point I was making. Sure, no, I was, that, I was into it, and then I saw that, and I was just like. <laughs> Could y'all really do something it, about the it, Pixar knife on this? It, everybody, everybody sees something different. Uh, definitely. Well, sometimes movies go to the theater and the effects aren't finished. Like it may look awesome right. on Blu-ray. They might like you know completely fix that, but sometimes they try to meet a release date and mm-hmm. stuff just doesn't. You know, there might be an effect here or there. Like ah, you know, by this time, man, you know the robot looks good and everything. They won't care. <laughs> we use the Roger Rabbit knife. Just use the Roger Rabbit. We gotta meet this date, man. Uh, I. What I found interesting is how he constructed Ava, though, and based her off of uh, search engine information. Mm. Uh, it, did that, that added a little bit of a creepy, yeah. oh my, thought with him going, yeah, I just collected all this information from people searching and their facial expressions and that from people's pictures across the web. And what do you think, Chase? I mean, that made a valid point of just how much information's out there nowadays, didn't it? Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, as soon, as soon as he admitted that to Caleb, and he was like, "Yeah, she was built off a search engine." He was like, "So you've been looking through my porn?" And it's like, "That's creepy, man." Like, <laughs> I don't want anyone looking through my porn. Like, I was like, "Dear God!" Like, I just, yeah, no, man. It was like a total creep vibe, and I was like, you know what's really scary is that this, this is gonna happen. Someone's going to take all of her information, create some AI, and then she's going to come hit on me at a bar. And then, like, <laughs> Nathan's going to be like, oh, I created her because of all the porn you watch. And I'm just like, Nathan, stop going through my porn, man. And I'll punch, <laughs> his, I'll punch his ass out, and then he'll be gone. So, but no, it was super creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it made a point, though. I mean, I, I like that point. Uh, this definitely was an interesting film and a m- more modern take on the AI without the whole explosion and, you know, super special effects, except for Ava, which I didn't see a flaw in her special effects. I don't know about you guys, but for me, I mean, I I couldn't believe the effects they used on her for a film like this because, you know, like you said, there must have been where all their budget went because it costs like 11 million pounds or euros to, to make apparently, and it must have went all to her. Uh, I, I think that's some of the best CGI I've seen on a person, you know, where they're doing the composite. What What about you guys? I mean, did the special effects for Ava just kind of knock you back going, wow? It was, it was ridiculous because, like, it, there was, like, a few scenes in where, like, I wanted to see, like, where I could see the masking from the compositing or whatever. I couldn't. Like, it was so perfectly lined up with her skin on her neck, and when it dipped down to uh, – like her metal like skeleton or whatever, mm-hmm. it was flawless. You couldn't see anything, and like it has to do with her hands and her feet. I was like, this is insane. Like this is a low budget independent film, and this has got better special effects than a Michael Bay movie. What are you <laughs> doing with your life? What are you doing with your life to where that's better than a Transformer? You yeah. Stopped. Like, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was, and it, simple in concept too. Yeah, you know, I, I really liked how simple the execution was. Um, this is what I want out of my sci-fi. You know, I I I want this type of sci-fi. I I like this type of a little bit more heady, not so much full of special effects. I mean, there are, but not to wow you. But they actually served a purpose. Wouldn't you say, Andrew, that the special effects in here actually served a purpose? They weren't saying, "Oh, look at what we did with Ava." 
Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, there's a lot of movies that want to just say, people go to take the movie coaster. You know, they want to go on the ride, they want to be thrill spill, they want to get all the latest whatever for their money. But uh, for me, I like things that are, I think, with sci-fi, especially when you're dealing with artificial intelligence, you want that human side to be at the front. You know, mm -hmm. you want that to be, because then you, you, you can connect. You know, like, well, I'm flesh and blood, then I'm, this is the part that I understand. You know, there's a very fine line there that you're dealing with to where you just have people kind of tune out and go, I'm watching a bunch of things like look like a pile of scissors, but you know, punching each other, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, you just, you kind of disconnect. And so it's a, it's a very subtle thing that they're doing. And without a great looking effect that is mostly person, you know, meaning that this is a woman that acted out all of this. You have her face. It's not a motion capture thing to where, you know, it's still the responsibility of animators to make this thing move and exist. You have a, you have a performance here that is largely human. You know, and therefore, yeah. um, no matter what weird crap they do to the body, as long as they keep it based in reality, based in the physical world, things that are kind of like, you know, in our body, there's a little things that kind of twirl and move. It still feels like something real that someone could have actually built. And therefore, it feels even more real to us. It's when you get further out there and farther from what we know and understand about physics and about, you know, just like, a, you know, the presence of someone, the weight that a human being has in a room. The further you get away from that, the more you kind of lose people and the less heft your message uh, and your, your you know, the whole vibe of everything is going right. to have on people. So they, I don't know, it's, to me it's a delicate thing and they, they really nailed it better than, than most. I mean, we can't really we can't really talk about like Transformers in comparison to this because well, it's a different type of film. You're, yeah. you're talking about uh, the audience coming in wanting something totally different and you know, like I was saying, you know, people coming in. I wondered if they're going to leave, just like I wondered if people seeing it follows were going to leave because there wasn't like, you know, somebody popping out every two seconds, making them <laughs> jump in their seat, and there wasn't some big monster at the end, all you know, all CG like the end of Mama or something or Insidious, because um, you know, it, it's it's more. You know, is don't isn't science fiction like the best stuff? Doesn't it make a comment on our near future, you know, or where we are, or where we're going? Like to me. Twilight Zone is my template for that, right? You I know? mean, look at look at 2001. That was made in the 60s, and that's pretty much like a, a voice on today's time with AI yeah. and all that stuff. Like, it's crazy that Kubrick in the 60s was like, hey, this shit's going to happen like 50 years down the line. Get ready for it. And it's like, you're crazy, man. And then now look. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it always creeps me out that, uh, what is it, Verizon or whatever, the Android uses the HAL I. Yeah, that's <laughs> still creepy. That creeped me out. First time I saw the commercial ever, I'm like, holy crap, they invented HAL. We're all up shit creep now. <laughs> yeah, we're like, a, remember Primer about the two dudes that come up with a time time machine oh, yeah. in the garage? Yeah. I mean, that, that, it's, it's kind of like doing that. You know, uh, you, there's many ways to tell these kinds of stories. Ex Machina, to me, what made it one of the best I've seen this year um, was just because they they, they they dared to take a different approach and assume that the crowd is you know, not only like smart enough to appreciate it, but they're they can ex they can see and accept the message that they're sending out. You know. Mm -hmm. Well, I I just and it it really to sell this though is the performance of uh what's her name Alicia Vikander. Yeah, uh, and what's funny is because I recognized her from Seventh Son, which I, I happen to enjoy that film, but not many people did. Uh, but to see her in a role like this, I loved her performance and how she played this. I mean, really, her performance is what 
kind of makes or breaks this film, doesn't it, Chase? Yeah, I mean, like, it's like you said, like, when you... When you have, like, all the special effects on her and stuff, you, you can walk around like a robot, but, like, it doesn't matter. It depends on how you act. And the way she delivered her performance, I believed that she was a robot. And, like, because there's there, – here's the thing. You can try to oversell it as much as you want, and, like, you could be like, hello, Mark. How is it going? Like, this, that sounds fucking bullshit. The way she does it, it's it's balanced with how she is a robot trying to be human. It's really cool to see – uh, that balance, because you guys are right. This story is simple. It's a simple story about what it means to be human and what it means to be robotic. And uh, she knocked that out of the park. Like her and uh, Nathan's character were my favorite. I mean, mm-hmm. Domhnall Gleeson was fine. I mean, he he served his purpose, but it was mainly about them two for sure. Yeah, he he was more of just to the catalyst, just to bring you into that world between yeah, those yeah, he, two. Yeah, he he plays a he plays a role in a movie called Frank. I don't know if you guys dig that mm-hmm. one or not, but he he plays a he's he's on a similar kind of track in that he uh, he's kind of a guy, it's like a worker bee who uh, ends up um, you know in close quarters with an eccentric a genius. Uh, and and uh, that that's to me when I watched it, I was like, well, this guy gets to go in with another weirdo, you know. <laughs> but it's it's not because it's it's just, it's similar or whatever. It's mm-hmm. because he does that so well. He's a really relatable guy, and I think this the whole the whole hinge of the movie is is being relatable. It's like if if you couldn't identify with Caleb, if you you weren't like, all right, I'm I'm Caleb. I'm going into this weird thing. Then that doesn't work. If you mm-hmm. didn't like Nathan, if you were if you were totally afraid of him, if he was just some like freaking Doctor Fibes maniac, or you know the guy from Human Centipede, or something like that, you'd just <laughs> laugh at him. You'd be like, "Sure, what a you know, I don't expect anything from him. He'd just come out and stab you in the eyeball." But they, you know, but Ava also, right? Remember we talked yeah. about Uncanny Valley in the uh, one of the shows. I can't remember. Oh yeah, was it you? Yeah, yeah. About the point in which we reach revulsion with something because it's trying to pass itself off as human. Think about how great they did with Ava. She's just human enough to where we might, we can see how Caleb falls in love with her. Hell, some people in the audience might have too. You know, yeah. we actually care about her, and and uh, that's where we're like, oh no, you bad. <laughs> you know, you're actually disappointed, right? And but but also because she's and but she's just mechanical enough to where you're just like ew. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's it's but it's not quite. You know, it's just uh, I don't know for everything the very little weird thing that I was kind of eh, uh for mostly uh, they did everything. It was hard to nail. It's a hard thing to try to do, and they you know, like like hers a good example. I put this in in league with that. They. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really they take they want the same thing to happen to you the viewer as happens to these characters you know what i'm saying right. like to like your Caleb and the other movie whoever walking phoenix was they're kind of hoping that you'll uh, you'll fall in love with the character too yeah i i will say that i felt a little bit it was i was a mixed emotions i don't know if you guys were near the end though because part of me was really happy she was getting out <laughs> and the other part of it me was like Oh my God, she's getting out. <laughs> you know, That's I was, badass. I was a little torn. What about you, Jay? You know, let's discuss that scene because 
Maybe using her sexuality is how she got on the fucking helicopter. Listen, when you drop someone off for a week and you, you know that you're going to come back and get them, it's like, don't you know what he looks like? <laughs> you have this random chick walk up to you and go, hi, I'm here for the plane ride. And they're just like, hey, you're not Kayla, but come on in. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, that was the only part that kind of bugged me a little bit. I was like, come on, you should know what the guy looks like. What? But maybe you're right. Maybe she was like, ooh, sexuality, and, like, she, you know, <laughs> sexy, pushing up some shit. But I, I don't know. Like, how did you – That or – I just think probably knowing uh, – knowing just just the way that uh, uh, that Nathan's character was, I don't think that driver would be surprised to be picking up a chick from his house, you know, and taking her back. You know what I'm saying? I guess. I don't think I, he was very surprised to see the, some woman standing there. The, the way I took that, actually, though, was by that time for me, they had established her because she had already conned Nathan, who was a brilliant guy. She already conned Caleb and locked his ass in a door, which surprised me. I almost thought they were going to go away together, but she yeah, locked him. Here, exactly. When she locked him up, I was like, you bitch, what are you doing? I was like, damn. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's cold. She just dropped the mic on him and walked away like, sorry. But by that time, they established that she was you know, highly intelligent enough to convince these guys that it would have not taken her much at all to convince the helicopter guy, oh, the guy, guy's going to stay another day, you know, whatever. You know, I took that as she could have easily talked the con game to the pilot who doesn't really care anyway. He just he doesn't really want to be there anyway because it's like a two-hour helicopter flight yeah. there, you know. So I kind of took it as that. But, no, I can see where you're coming from, Chase, on that. I, like I said, I just took it as she... She's conned her way through. I'm not conned, but she has manipulated her way through this entire thing to get her out of there and into the real world. That one helicopter pilot, you know, probably is very little of a blockade, you know, for her. Uh, makes me wonder though what she said to a Keiko yeah. to, to to stab the guy. I'm like, is she programming her? <laughs> you, you know, that whole end scene was just wild because there's so much going on. I mean. Do you think did she talk her into it or was it a programming thing? I think I think I, I think it, she talked her into it. Like it, it, I think she was just the most master manipulator AI robot we've seen in a long time, and she was playing everyone, <laughs> which is funny because even though I'm kind of peeved about the whole helicopter thing, I'm actually kind of glad though because when she got into the city. Where was she? She was behind glass again. Yes. I thought that was kind of weird. That was like, you've been behind glass your whole life, and you end on you being behind glass in the real world, which is kind of, I don't know, maybe an analogy that we're, as humans, we're all caged up inside society. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's probably something like that. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I think she was a master con artist. Like, she was just – you know what? I'm not going to lie. I thought she, I, she was really likable, and I – I thought she was kind of sexy as a robot in the beginning, mm -hmm. but when you see that she's all conning and stuff, that she's even hotter to me. It's like, hey, Ava, why don't you come back to my house? We'll have some, we'll play some robot music. We'll do the whatever. <laughs> so I mean, like you know, it, in a weird way, even though I, she kind of conned everyone, I, she was actually more attractive. <laughs> like I, I don't know. <laughs> what about you, Andrew? <laughs> Did she actually uh, get more attractive? Uh, finding out that she was actually, you know, playing everybody from the beginning. I, I just, I thought that, you know, the movie, it's, it's neat. It kind of asked you, it's like, would you fall for this? 
mm-hmm. but you know, the, to me, in truth, given my observation of what the film was saying, it, you know, the question is, have you already fallen, fallen. for it? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it, it'll it'll be your own downfall for falling for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, even Caleb making the abs- assumption. I mean, him getting locked in, I will say that was probably one of the biggest twists for me. I'm like, okay, I can see where this is going. And all of a sudden, Caleb, his ass is locked in a room. And I'm like, oh, she's not taking him either. That did yeah, not, he, that he did, did the update, and now this shit won't turn on. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so sorry for him. As soon as we saw that last shot of him, like, with his palms on the glass and he was screaming, I was like, He's gonna die in there. Like this is really sad. <laughs> like he's gonna eat it in there. No, he won't. He'll wait till she's gone. Then he'll go have sex with one of the other guys. <laughs> he's, he's gonna go. He's gonna go raid Nathan's closet and be like, "Ooh, I want that half like skin robot chick with the nipple poking out. Come over here. We're gonna." Mm, do it like, yeah, all, all right. That's I'll go. Fun. I'll go for the one without the arms. There you go. <laughs> See, that's the grossest thing anyone said in this whole show. <laughs> You win, Mark. That was messed up. <laughs> so you have sex with an armless, half-skinned robot chick with a nipple poking out. This is excellent writing, folks. This is how it should have ended. <laughs> uh, but I, I will say, well, a few things I did see coming. There were some surprises in this film. And overall, I felt that it was a, a ref- nice, refreshing original change on something we've seen before because as we've all mentioned this was actually a fairly simple story yeah. uh, but it was the way it was executed and performed and just laid out for you that you have to appreciate it and there is just so much going on in here and on the surface it seems like just three people in, in out in a cabin in the woods but there is a lot of subtext I think uh, if you if you just start scratching under the surface a little bit, and even statements about how we have a relationship with technology, uh, which I think her you know her is probably uh, the only the other film that's come out that's done it really well. It was recently. more on the nose what it was saying about us, yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but it, which surprised me. It surprised that they released this film now, because in all honesty, this film had such a feel of being uh, uh, an awards contender, you know, and it's coming out now, so hopefully it doesn't get completely lost and at least get some kind of acknowledgement because I think out of all the big, huge, super blockbusters, uh, here we have this film in the middle of May uh, being released to most theaters that is a thinking film. It's it's a, a film that isn't wowing you with explosions and and lots of lights, but yet still has those effects in there, but a lot deeper message, I think. So so I think we'll wrap it up tonight real quick. Uh, Chase, real quick, why don't we pimp your stuff like we always do at the end of the show? Why don't you tell people where they can find you at, find your stuff at? Uh, if you guys want to follow me for my random shit, I guess, on my Twitter, it's uh, @realchaselee. If you want to be scarred for life, uh, but maybe laugh your ass off and maybe criticize me, that's okay. I, I, I welcome everyone. I'm also on We Live Film. You can go over there and find my stuff. Uh, YouTube. Hey, you guys need to go to my YouTube. Just find me on We Live Film. It's more entertaining there than anything I've ever done in my life. I got a podcast. I'm all over the place. So just thank you, Mark, for having me uh, on this uh, bad boy. Oh, well, we, we, we appreciate you having you here, Chase. Uh, and Andrew, uh, of course, go ahead, sir. Please let those few new listeners we have uh, know where they can find you at. 
Oh, hey, thanks, everybody. Hi, how you doing, man? If you, uh, if you have Amazon Instant, if you enjoy renting movies on there, I have four fine feature films that you could rent for very cheap on there. Uh, Fake Blood, Pajama Nightmare, Mondo Gonzo, and the latest, The Underground Cinema, Cinema with an S. They're all available if you like cheap, weird things and want to encourage people to continue making cheap, weird <laughs> movies. Thank you. Uh, thank you, and uh, we'll definitely put a link on the uh, Special Mark Productions webpage for uh, Chase's stuff. You can find a link for Andrew's stuff and all the other people who have been in our spoiler room Plus, you can find all the old episodes at SpecialMarkProductions.com, stuff I do for We Live Film, for my own channel. Uh, it's like a one-stop shop. Uh, you can go there or on Twitter, at MovieManiac3D. I am there as well. Plus, we have an email. Uh, it's SpoilerRoom.SMP at Gmail uh, as well. So I want to thank these fine gentlemen for joining us this evening on the Spoiler Room, and I hope you enjoyed our discussion of uh, this very interesting and original sci-fi film. And I hope we get to see more films Films like this in the future uh, because they are definitely a refreshing change among all the other Michael Baydom explosions that go on for our sci-fi. Uh, and that'll do it for us here in the spoiler room where the conversation is fresh but the films are definitely spoiled. 